Hi everyone, hope you're doing well. Um, we're gonna chat today about biodiversity. So my name is Dr. Jack Isherwood. I'm the learning teaching coordinator of the uh, environmental sustainability course. And joining us today is our resident expert, Dr. Fiona Loudon. Um, we're gonna chat about a number of different topics, but before we do that, um, Fiona, could you please introduce yourself and just give you know, students, um, some insight into your professional background, your academic interests, so on and so forth? Yeah, sure. So um, I, I actually, uh, when I left school, I didn't go straight to uni. I traveled a bit and worked in a few jobs that after a while, I just found myself getting quite bored. And so um, science had always interested me and I loved animals. So I just thought I'd do I went into a degree called a Bachelor of Animal Science, just with really no expectation, just uh, wanting to, I guess, learn something and try something different. And I kind of fell into this path of then going on, uh, really enjoying the subjects I was learning, not only about animals, but about biology. Um, and I, I, I got some good mentors at the university I was at. I ended up doing an honours degree in mammalian immunology, looking at uh, red-tailed fascigales as my study species, which native Australian, they're pretty adorable, but they do jump quite high. <laughs> they bite as well. Um, but that was really good. And then I continued on to do a PhD looking um, at sort of like at climate change and how that impacts uh, biology. And I used turtles as a study species there. So your short-necked Murray River turtles were my study species. So for a few years during my PhD, my Christmas day was filled with hundreds of turtle eggs hatching. <laughs> so it was quite chaotic, but it was great to get into the field and actually it, like be part of science in its making. So I've been teaching since about 2009 or so. I started sort of teaching during my honours degree and then supervising and I've sort of been teaching full time since 2015. Um, and I really enjoy sharing my knowledge of science with up and coming new other scientists. So some of the areas I'm interested in is very much animal science, but also how uh, ecology works to link animals with plants and even our microinvertebrates, protists, bacteria, everything sort of has its place in our in our world and that kind of links into what biodiversity actually is yeah well thanks for that that was really interesting um one kind of um follow-up question how did you pick your phd topic uh well i actually sort of chose uh my phd topic through uh a sort of a mentor i i think it's really important to have a good relationship with your supervisor and i liked his research areas but more importantly i liked his approach to to teaching and to science so um he he had a few different areas that we could go into um as a student teacher combination and and so it kind of just fell into that like i never 
I never imagined I'd be t studying turtles, um, but but it worked out really well, and and I learnt so much. Um, got introduced to the world of herpetology, which is like turtles, other reptiles, amphibians, and and just this collective group of people who study them. It's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Uh, that was really interesting. So um, let's have a chat about. Um, Biodiversity. So in particular, um, I guess there's three main questions we're going to look at if we kind of condense all of them together. Obviously, what is biodiversity? Why is it important? And, um, you know, what are the causes of biodiversity loss and what can we actually do to tackle this really urgent problem? So I think we would kick off by just exploring uh, what is biodiversity. So um, how would you define and um, describe it? Yeah, so biodiversity, it, it bio relates to life and then diversity is just all the different um, organisms that that are living on earth. So, you know, off the top of your head, you can easily think of a dozen different animals that you'd probably see every day when you're walking around, but probably what you don't notice quite so much unless you have that interest. There are all the different species of, of plants. Um, even thinking about when you're swimming in the ocean, what else is there with you? Like not, not just sharks and, you know, dolphins and turtles, but even the very small things that you can't see. Like if you go into, like it's been raining where I am recently, if you go into a, a pond and just take a small like drop of water and put it under a microscope. You'd see like a vast array of different microorganisms that, that we just don't see. Um, and there's this particular group called protists, which we're gonna study during this block teaching. And um, they're single celled organisms, but they do everything that we do as humans in terms of reproducing, moving, being able to um, pass on their DNA. So everything, finding food and making food, like everything we do, they do it, but they do it in a single cell, which is like, you can't see it with, with the naked eye. So biodiversity is looking at all the different species that are living on earth, so. Awesome, thanks, that was really clear. Um, I guess we need to talk about why biodiversity is um, important. Yeah, so I mean, we we think about the Earth, and if we if we narrow it down, we're basically as living organisms. We're made up of chemicals. So your carbon, uh, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen are the four main ones. But when you group those chemicals together and encompass it into like a larger molecule and then into organelles and put it in a sort of membrane, a sac, you start to see life emerging. And um, for instance, with nitrogen, we have in our ecosystem in the world, we have this nitrogen cycle where the air atmosphere, it's something like 78% nitrogen, but that nitrogen we can't use in our bodies to make our proteins and to make our DNA. We need to actually get that air nitrogen converted by bacteria into a usable form of nitrogen, which plants then can use to make up their molecules. And then for us to get it, we have to eat the plants or we have to eat animals that eat 
plants. And then once we decompose, that nitrogen that we've gotten then gets returned to the earth and the cycle sort of continues again and again. So, you know, one species can't survive on its own without having sort of relationships with other species on earth. So it's really important to maintain a healthy ecosystem um, so that all species can survive. And um, forgive my ignorance here, is it right to say that um, it's also protection, you know, it offers resiliency, um, the more yeah. biodiverse places, like yeah. from like a, a shock, like a bushfire or whatever it might be? Yeah, that's that's true. And and I think for myself with like resilience and, and um, diversity, I think more in terms of within a species, having that difference within a species. If if something comes through, we have more resilience for that species to survive. But definitely in terms of uh, an ecosystem or an area, if you've got lots of different species sharing that area, even if some disaster strikes and one species is diminished um, a lot, it won't kill or it might not kill all the life in that area. So others will survive and and still help um, the rest of the, the ecosystem to survive as a whole. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, what interests you personally about biodiversity? Um, well, I, I'm fairly curious by nature. So I just love that it doesn't matter how much you learn, there's still so much more that we just don't know. And so like you can never really get bored. Um, you're sort of only limited by your imagination and what questions you want to want to ask. So even if you're, you know, you're not a, a researcher by trade per se, you can still, every time you go and interact with our world, you still are interacting with, with biology and, and questioning nature and, and learning things about nature. So I just like that it's, it's just, it makes me feel quite grounded to learn about different species and how, uh, particularly how other species respond to their environment as well. Like I find that, you know, the different um, strategies that we all have, I just find it really, really interesting to learn about. Yeah, brilliant. And um, is there like a particular mystery or, or an issue, you know, in, in biodiversity that you'd really like to know more about? Is, is there like a like a big gap, you know, that you're personally interested in? Um, well, I particularly like how, um, particularly living in Australia, I'm, I've become more interested in how plants sort of adapt to our climate in terms of bushfires and things like that. Um, so I'm sh hopefully some of you are aware about the pink flannel flowers that blossomed in the Blue Mountains this year. Like it, uh, it can be like a once in a lifetime opportunity to see these flowers because they need really specific conditions. So the bushfires of, of the summer of 20. 19, 2020, and then the rain that followed enabled these flowers to, to come out and they just, I mean, they're adorable as well, like they're really pretty, but just the fact that they, they can flourish after so much devastation and that's part of their strategy of living, I just find very, very interesting. 
I'm actually really glad you brought up that example because funny enough, I actually went for a walk on the Naranak um, Plateau Trail uh, with a mate um, and we had no idea this was all happening. And we got to the car park and there was like 70 cars there and no one actually does this walk. It's like, I don't know, 21, 22 kilometers or something like that. And it was because of these flowers. So I got, I got to see them. Um, they, they were quite remarkable. And um, they germinate by smoke, don't they? Um, yeah. Compared to fire, which makes them really interesting. So yeah, thanks for that. No, really. um, next question. Key threats to biodiversity in Australia. I can imagine there's quite a couple. Yeah, so um, in particular, there's two two sort of big ones, um, invasive species. So um, if we think about Australia, we've got a really unique um, sub the group of, of organisms living in Australia, like especially our marsupials. We have some, you know, monotremes, which are our egg-laying uh, mammals, so our echidna and our platypus, um, and we also have marsupials which is sort of they're they're mammals but they have really um under or less developed young when they're born and they sort of further develop outside of the the uterus and then we've got other animals our mammals as well um but because we were this island for so long when we were colonized um and started to get visitors in from other areas we just we got animals with them like um, invasive and introduced animals and our 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 native animals just it's really hard to compete with introduced um, species because they generally don't have many natural predators and um, particularly in Australia a combination of our agricultural land as well it really gave them this beautiful country to sort of flourish in and so our introduced species and also animal uh, organisms that behave invasively even if they are native they can be introduced to an area where they weren't originally and they sort of take over that area and that kills off the the natural sort of species in that area so that's one issue the other issue is then habitat degradation so not only loss of habitat due to agriculture but also human impacts so things like um you know using different water systems for recreational use has an impact in in disrupting the the water ecosystem there um you know, coal mining and, and things like that, disrupting habitat. So those are the two big issues in Australia. And then we've also got um, our natural occurring issues like, you know, bushfires and floods and things like that. But but they're, they're kind of, those sort of issues have always been to some degree here. It's the, the introduced species and the um, habitat loss that are the ones that we've, sort of impacted on and we yeah. have no control over fascinating and i guess climate change is like an additional stressor um on top of all that too um and that's that's a nice link right um so we talked about you know australia specifically are there any other major threats to biodiversity generally you know in other countries or anything else beyond what we've already discussed yeah, so climate change is a big one at the moment. So, um, you know, just the amount of carbon emissions we're putting into our atmosphere, it's it's causing temperatures to rise. And some species, for instance, some sea turtles, 
their eggs are actually, the sex is determined by temperature. So there's a lot of research at the moment on how climate change is going to affect the sex distribution in turtles. Because obviously, if you don't have, a, like if you've got that mismatch of males versus females, it, we're not going to see them reproducing, you know. And, and turtles, uh, particularly our sea turtles, they produce hundreds of eggs uh, per clutch. But, but it's rare, like not many of them survive to breeding age. <laughs> They've got a really tough road ahead of them before they can even start to breed. Um, so coupled with our climate change on top of that, we could see um, our turtles being under threat to that and other species as well. So, you know, um, our climate change is a huge factor. Other factors, however, is just the nutrients that we're putting into the earth as well. So we've seen agriculture expand a lot and instead of using sort of natural uh, ways to, to expand our, or improve our agricultural practices, we, we have seen in the past and we're sort of seeing a slight shift now, but, you know, pumping fertilisers into an area and that's going to shift the balance of like nitrogen and phosphorus and all of those chemicals that play an important role in conserving an ecosystem, like that's sort of a, a big threat too. Yeah, um, there was also actually another good one I should mention is over exploitation of resources. So, you know, our, our fishing industry and things like that overfishing where we're fishing our or depleting stocks to a level where they can't reproduce and maintain their, their species sort of level. And instead of sort of fishing at a sustainable rate, we've seen in the past that we, once we deplete one stock until near extinction or even until they're in extinct, we then move on to another species and they overexploit that. So, um, yeah. So quite, quite a sobering picture. Um, lots of different threats to biodiversity. Um, what's the upside, you know, do you feel optimistic? going forward in the future about our capacity to protect biodiversity and what, what's happening in Australia and, and other places to protect biodiversity uh, generally? So this is a really tough question in terms of feeling optimistic. Um, in terms of protecting biodiversity, it does come down to the legislation and, and how it's um, how it's enforced or how it's, it's written uh, because ultimately we do need the whole world working together. So it is quite tricky because individuals are looking for profits and then if you're looking at government trying to, to do the best for the environment, it does get a bit political there. So that's sort of something that maybe is a bit outside our scope, but the good news is there are things that we can do as the general public um, such as shopping sustainably, making sure that if you can, you you buy the best quality um, meat and, and vegetables that you can. So I know cost of living is a concern for a lot of people. So it's just about doing what you can within your own circumstances, um, becoming aware of the situation as well, and maybe trying to make those good choices. And and of course, educating others. Uh, if we look at, say, um, not only 
um, like the ethical value as well of our of buying sustainable food a lot of the time that food is actually nutritionally better for us as well so there's that plus side of we're helping conserve biodiversity but it's also benefiting us as well um, and and also in your own backyard like planting native species uh, plant native flowers for the bees you know we, we want to try to make sure those bees and other pollinators are really happy to to protect our our environment so small changes like that can have a, a big impact on biodiversity and something we can control ourselves excellent thank you that was really really interesting um, i'm sure it's going to be food for thought for all of our students and i'm sure a lot of discussions are going to come out of it so really appreciate your time uh, that was a great chat um, and if you have any follow-up questions you know please don't hesitate to let us know thank you Thanks, Jack.